All right. So the name of the podcast is Application to Admission. I want it to be HBC versus PWIs, but you know, you think that's a little bit too too aggressive. And I, you know, I don't want to be aggressive. I want to make sure that I I treat your your your, your brother, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. right. You know, I don't come off too too militant. Even though Martin was a real militant man, he has some he has some really positive stances on a lot of things that people you know, have diluted his message through this holiday and all that, but that's a whole nother uh, episode. It is again, the time for us to share with you the application to admission podcast. I'm your co-host Shereem Herndon Brown of Understanding the Choices. I'm here with my co-host, co-author, Mr. Timothy L. Fields, the Senior Associate Dean of Admission at Emory University. I wish one day that I could have a title like that. How are you feeling today, Tim? I'm doing I'm doing great. I'm just a regular guy. I'm just trying yeah, to share some sure. information about the admission process. Just a regular guy, Shereen. Come on, yeah. man. I'm, Re- I'm, regular I'm, guy I'm, with a best-selling book, right? Regular guy with a best-selling uh, book, uh, hey, getting hey, all man. types of awards from the Academy, can't even spill hey, the beans yet. You're hot in these streets, Tim. Hey, don't, hey, don't be. You, don't you, be humility has its place. Humility has its place. I know nothing I don't, about I don't, that. I don't, I don't, I, I, you from New York. Why I would know you, nothing about that. Why, why, why would you? <laughs> But I'm, I'm, but 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 I'm glad we have somebody from the Midwest to just you know kind of you know bring some Midwestern charm you know to the show. Um, so you, know, you have we, Southern hospitality, I have New York East Coast arrogance, and our guest has Midwestern charm. That's what you're saying. That, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And 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 and, and th- they're gonna find out if they don't don't already know because he is a celebrity in himself. I mean, we, we're know, just trying we, to be like him in this podcast game. Hey, hey, so so let's go through the formalities. Um, you know, he's currently a vice president of enrollment management at RHB. He'll explain what that is, but he spent most of his, you know, professional life in colleges. And most recently, he was vice president of enrollment and communication at Lawrence University. Um, he's a board member for the, you know, YMCA for Fox Cities. Uh, but, you know, he's probably best known for his award-winning out <laughs> podcast, admission leadership uh, podcast. Uh, we are very, very excited. And well, let me say that all that is wonderful. But I had the privilege of knowing him for years of reading with national merit and really getting to know him and you know, kind of seeing the seeds planted of his podcast and say, hey, you know, what kind of microphone do you get? I'm thinking about starting a podcast. So, you know, kind of follow him him along. But, you know, I'm happy to, you know, call him a colleague, but more importantly, a friend, Ken Anselman. Welcome to the Gentlemen. Application to Missions Podcast. Uh, can I just hang around with you guys all the time and have you... <laughs> I've never been introduced like that. Thank you. Well, we're we're uh, fun, Ken. We're we're we're, we're smart. Oh, I know. Have, but we're fun. We're fun. Oh, I know. We got a flavor of that when you guys were kind enough to join me on the Alp uh, last year. <laughs> the the uh, award winning. The award winning. Come on, man. Yeah, you, you, yeah. I mean, you you set the bar, Ken. Let us not be humble. Like I said, the Midwestern charm, but you don't have to be humble, Ken. Hey, you the big dog in the room, man. I take it just take it Ken. just take it just take it just take it (laughs) okay just take it just take it just take it yeah you know it's the midwest charm midwest nice midwest humility midwest whatever uh midwest will get out of your way all of that but uh it's it's fun to be here with the two of you and it's weird to be on the other side of this i'm i'm used to ask asking all the questions very cool very very cool get it tim so so very quickly uh you know 
you know, obviously we worked together for years of uh, yeah. national merit, we're reviewing applications and, you know, we would always kind of share stories about kind of admission and the cycle with you being mm -hmm. in Lawrence. So can you tell us what RHB is and kind of, you know, Ooh. what, uh, you, you know, mean, that... I get to do an ad for my yes. friends and colleagues at RHB? Let, let, All let, of that. Let, let, us, let us know what that part of the Academy Higher Education or whatever it is. Let us know what y'all do, man. Yeah, I am after 30 years in inside higher ed, I'm now alongside higher ed uh, with RHB. And RHB is, people ask what RHB is, and especially as I'm walking around Appleton, they'll see me wearing my RHB swag. And I'll say RHB is actually a person, Richard Harrison Bailey. He's the founder of the firm um, more than three decades ago. Uh, and today we're, uh, uh, we're more than 30 folks who bring our superpowers for enrollment management, institutional marketing, executive counsel, and then Slate and related technology. Uh, we've got, hmm. I know I'm on the home team, but we've got the best Slate team in the world. We've got a bunch <laughs> of folks that are actually OG Technolutions, folks that used to work at Technolutions with Alexander and company, um, and folks who were leading uh, slate captains at their institutions and major contributors in the field. So we all come together and bring our forces together to help colleges uh, uh, achieve greater relevance uh, for themselves. So making sure that they are uh, speaking truthfully about who they are, they're finding their audience, they're expressing themselves authentically, and ultimately being successful in their endeavors. So the part that I'm working on is building the enrollment management practice. And so it's focused on recruitment, sure, but it's also on making sure that you're doing the things to keep the students that you've worked so hard to recruit, that the place that they're choosing to say yes to resembles the place that they thought they were saying yes to, right? That's what we're talking about with coherence. Um, and then the other piece of it is leadership development, which kind of makes sense given the way the podcast has gone, is helping new and emerging or even established enrollment leaders become the best versions of themselves uh, as leaders and as representatives of their institutions and, of course, as colleagues who lift their team members. Very and, cool. Yeah. Very cool. And, and I didn't even know organizations like this, companies like this existed, you know, and, and again, that's, I'm pretty shallow. I get it. You know, that's, high school, please. college, you know, uh, but again, like you said, you're working alongside colleges. Does mm -hmm. it take a certain amount of, you know, humility? And that's a word we used earlier for a college to come to RHB and say, we need help in this space. Like, uh, it's a good question. Because, right, because you, you're pretty much as a consulting agency of experts, people who've done this in different capacities, mm -hmm. we're going to identify some issues you may be having and propose some solutions. Is yeah. that, I mean, That's what I'm assuming. So the, the cause that, that you work with, they have to kind of take a look at themselves and say, we, we're not doing a good job at this. We need to do something differently. Yeah, and it may be humility. It may be self-awareness. It may mm -hmm. be getting punched in the nose in the marketplace. It may be we've got a position of strength and we want to become even stronger. So the, mm -hmm. the reasons why people will come are, are as varied as the institutions we work with. But I think what will happen often is uh, a colleague a colleague will come to us or we'll have a conversation with them and they'll be describing a problem over here and a thing they need to get fixed or they need to implement Slate to take care of this thing. And then you start asking more questions and you start peeling back the onion and think, oh, there are some other things that we need to dive into a little more deeply here at the institution. So, you know, a lot of it is listening, listening intently, diagnosing 
um, mm. uh, before you prescribe, right? Like you've got to listen hard and listen, uh, listen openly and with empathy. Um, but then bring the best of yourself as a consultant and your teams and your knowledge and experience and expertise to deliver solutions that maybe they haven't thought of, or maybe they've thought of, but weren't, didn't feel emboldened enough to try. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's really to, to, to help uh, nudge them uh, in the direction that they need to go. Sometimes they don't know that direction, but that's, uh, that's, that's where we come in, come in to help. And just as mm -hmm. a, a point of clarification for our, mm -hmm. our listeners out there, Slate is a CRM, yes. basically a means in which how we communicate, review mm -hmm. applications, and basically streamline our process in the admissions world. So, mm -hmm. And you use that at Emory, right? Yeah, we, we, we do. We do. I mean, we can send text messages out. We review applications. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we create the student portals in it. So, yes, uh, you know, we but I I'm informed we're only using about 30 percent of Slate. Like yeah, Slate yeah. can do a lot. So it's a I wonderful think, tool. It's a wonderful tool. Do you just use it for recruitment or do you also use it for student success? Uh, we just use it for recruitment. Okay. Uh, so, so, you know, but uh, the university has taken it on. So various parts of university mm. use it in other ways. But, you know, us, as far as the Office of Admission, we just use it at recruitment. Then when a student enrolls, they uh, go over to Opus. And then Opus is how they uh, kind of track. All kinds of other systems. systems. Yeah. So, so, I'm going to go off script here for a second, just because we're talking about Slate, because I was unfamiliar with Slate until they partnered with SCORE, who then partnered yeah. with the Coalition app mm -hmm. to try to streamline that. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I was, I, was, I was like scratching my head, like, why is the Common app on the outside looking in of what seems to be like an attempt to kind of put things together for students? Not that I want you to speak ill of anyone, but do you think nope. there's a, do you think there's a need for the Common app and Coalition? Like, like, How's all that working? It's almost yeah. like it's getting too confusing. Well, you know, you're, I know you're working more closely with students than I am now. Oh. And uh, I'd, I'd be curious even to engage in a conversation to hear what you're seeing on your side with students. But, you know, the Common App is strong. The, yeah, the yeah. Common App has deep and wide adoption in, in the right. U.S. And and I I love what Jenny and her team are doing there to to try to make it easier, more equitable for students to, uh, to make it, to find their way to, uh, to a college. Um, I know the coalition came out of a space of fear when the common app, uh, had some technical issues, right. When mm -hmm. application season started in that fall. Um, mm -hmm. and then it's kind of tr been trying to find its way through the, the, through the market. I like this partnership with score. And okay. I'm I'm curious to see how uh, superpowering it through Slate can help students. I mean that that's the there are strategic advantages for institutions to be sure, but at the center of all of this is what does it mean for a student? And I hear you on the confusing part. It's like okay, if I'm applying to a college and they give me the option to apply using the Common App, the Coalition App, or my own institution's app, or maybe some other application, which what? one do I choose? Right? Correct. I mean, you get this point of decision, and that that's. I think that's part of the thing that's going to be challenging that we all have to all have to think about. Gotcha. Okay. I'm sorry, Tim, I cut you off. My bad. No, no, that's no, a good so question. That's a good question. I, you know, I see the same thing happening with um, colleges now that are working on their own financial aid forms, mm. especially with mm. the changes in the FAFSA coming. FAFSA coming. I mean, December, I don't know who's mm. going to be busier. You like, think December, you think it's going to happen? Really? Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Again, I, I'm That's just saying I'm, I'm, I'm on sideline guy. I'm a sideline guy. Yeah, I'll, just, yeah. I'll just wait for it to happen. Go ahead, Tim. But but yeah, I, anyway, 
that's a different conversation for a different, different time, conversation. I think, I yeah, think yeah, you it's, might it's, see something like that coming uh, down right, the pipeline. Too. All right, Ken, big big question coming. Big yes. question. Uh, you yes. know, I think I think one of the things we set out when we started doing the podcast is we want to inform, you know, especially parents and students, kind of trying to demystify this process. Mm-hmm. And so thank given, you for doing it. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So given your years of experience and you know, kind of the di- many different seats that you had, mm-hmm. can you kind of tell us the difference between admission and enrollment management? Yes, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I love an honest man. I love an honest man. Well, I think there are a lot of different definitions out there. Uh, gosh, I sound like I've been working inside higher ed for my entire life. Well, <laughs> let's problematize the question a little bit and look at it from a bunch of different angles. Now, I think boiling it down, I have to ask the question a lot when I'm talking to clients or prospective clients. When you're talking about enrollment or enrollment management, what are you talking about? Um, and for many colleges, it's recruitment. But when you're talking about enrollment management, I think of it in terms of full student life cycle, right? And since I was an English major, I like to think in alliteration, but from discovery, like when somebody finds out about your institution, but from discovery through decision, uh, through deposit, through day one, through degree, through diamond jubilee, right? Like, you know, your 60th, 60th reunion at the institution. So from the point when you're a eighth grader, ninth grader, 10th grader, 11th grader, and you discover the institution, the journey all the way from discovery through enrollment, through graduation and beyond. And ensuring that students have not a bump free, but as smooth and student-centered a process all the way through. And I think sometimes where we see things go wrong, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, is the care and love that we treat everybody in the recruitment process. And then we hand them over to the rest of the institution filled with a lot of well-intentioned, well-meaning, good people who don't necessarily know how to accept the students and have a smooth onboarding process for them and, and remove as many barriers as possible so that they can focus on the very hard work of being a student. Anyway, enrollment management is, uh, that's what I think of as enrollment management, which is really managing the, the, managing the experience for students from the point where they discover you through the point that they graduate. And then you hand them off to your advancement colleagues to take care of cultivating them after the fact, but um, and, ensuring and, that the a coherence of experience. And then admission is what? Admission is letting people in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's the front end. It's basically all the work that you do to get them up to the front porch and then decide whether you're going to open the door or whether you're going to say not today or you know, maybe next year. Um, I think enrollment management is also taking care of what happens in the house. Mm. Yeah. And, and and the reason I ask that question, I, I I think it's important that, you know, specifically, you know, in selective schools, like people like I had good enough grades to be admitted. You mm-hmm. know? And obviously, you know, I tell people, yeah, you can get into the door. Mm-hmm. However, you know, depending upon the size of the house, how much space the house has, what you know, if we're going to run with this analogy, then all of a sudden that's going to determine who can let in, who can't be let in and things mm-hmm. of that mm-hmm. nature. And so mm-hmm. I, I like to kind of, you know, have this conversation, distinguish it like, yeah, you could obviously get into any number of these schools. Sure. However, that entire trajectory that you talked about may be different from in- different institutions. And so they're yeah. going to pick and choose who they want to be at that school. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and I realized I gave a hyper simplified answer to what enrollment management is because it's also an organizational mindset and a structure, and it's all about financial optimization and making sure you, you, you're, you're right. You're, you're, you're enrolling the right number of students, paying the right amount of money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But I think if you boil it down to its its most essential, it's the it's making sure that you're you're keeping the promises you made and uh, doing everything you can to help those students not just stay for their second year, but all the way through to graduation. So that that, that brings me a great point that Tim and I or I assert certain pillars of the college search process that Tim has mm -hmm. adopted and added uh, a, a wrinkle to that I want to ask you about, because again, we talk about college admissions, error in enrollment management. Well, I guess admissions on the front end, but I tell families very adamant, look, you know, I, I consider myself a well-versed in college and I visited, you know, well over 500 colleges in my, in my lifetime. Just again, if I think about my my own personal and professional journey. Somehow, I just they call that an expert. You're an expert. Mm -hmm. All right, carry yes, on. Indeed. I, got, I got my 10,000 hours in 10,000 hours. Yeah, 10,000 hours. All right. All that said, that wasn't the point, but um, I've always said, families, listen, four key pillars cost. I, mm -hmm. I am an advocate of we need to do a better job of not just saying my kid got into X school, send them there at regardless of the cost. Loans exorbitant amounts of loans, parent plus loans suck, in my opinion. Everybody can disagree, but everybody's rate is different. Cost, location, I like proximity to something that you could spend your life in, unless you want mm -hmm. to be in the middle of nowhere because, because that's, that's what you're accustomed to or that's what you want, great. Um, possible major, possible career. So cost, location, possible major, possible career, like the four key pillars mm -hmm. that I assert to families that they need to consider. Tim has added on X factors. Consider things like food, activities like fraternity and sororities, these things that mm -hmm. could be important mm -hmm. to you. Do you have a similar notion about what families should be really prioritizing in their college search process? Like, you know, mm -hmm. as you communicate with colleges and communicate with families, what do you think are the key ingredients that people need to kind of consider as they, as they make this match? Yeah. Well, I mean, the cost has to be right, right? Um, and and I agree with you on that. The And colleges do a pretty terrible job <laughs> at describing their costs. We're great at saying what our sticker price is. Not so great necessarily at helping students understand what it's truly going to cost for them to attend the institution. Um, and spoiler, I, we've written a little bit about that at RHB and the need for student-centric financial aid communications. Mm -hmm. And to do that... To do that before the government legislates it, we have to do it. Um, because if mm -hmm. they do, it's probably not going to come out the way we want it to. But I think it's what it shouldn't be about is name. I, I think we get so hung up on on name and the getting in part and not necessarily what it's like to get through. I know Frank Bruni's written a lot about that mm -hmm. in the in the New York Times. But um I, I'm trying not to say fit because I think that in some ways yes. is, is a cop out. Um, yes. you, you know, how do you describe it? Well, you know it when you see it. Okay. Neat. Great. How, <laughs> how can I actually <laughs> give me some tips? I, I like what you're talking about with location, you know, for some students that is going to matter, but not necessarily. I think in some ways you can think about it analogous to athletics, which is you got to love the school, even if you break your knee or break your knee blow yeah. out your knee, <laughs> break your knee, <laughs> blow out your knee and you can't play. 
does it have everything else that you need to, at least that you think you're going to need to enjoy yourself, to succeed, to thrive? Same thing with academics. If you go in thinking, I want to be an X, and then realize after a semester trying it out that you don't want to be an X anymore, you want to be a Y or a Z, are there alternative paths that you might be able to, to, to follow? Or I want to be an X and a Y and a Z. Are there ways for me to tie those things together? So how, how accommodating is the institution to my multiple interests as they emerge over my two to four years, whatever type of institution that you're going to? Interesting. Um, community. I think community matters. Um, you know, who you go to school with. Some students want to go to places where everybody looks and thinks like they do because it's it may be how they've been coached to go through things. Other students want to run headlong into a place where everybody's going to be different from each other. Not everybody's going to be different, but mm -hmm. it is a much more intellectually, racially, socioeconomically diverse community. So I, I think it's the people, it's the program, it's the price. If you really like, had to boil it down, to, again, going English. back to the alliteration, but Phil, I think it's English it. major getting <laughs> it in again. Man, I gotta match you. I gotta, I gotta think of something to. Well, we would. Yeah. It's early. It's early. We're good. I, I'll, I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. It's even earlier here in the Midwest. Speaking of which, again, I'm, I'm gonna jump in again, <laughs> going off script. Let's do we, it. A, a lot of our listeners are parents. Uh, a lot of black parents. Uh, a lot of educators mm -hmm. who are helping. Who are you know actively looking to help more Black families navigate the college admissions process. And again, we've intentionally named our podcast application to admission because we don't want to be exclusive, but we understand how we are magnetically attracted, who we're magnetically mm -hmm. attracted. Mm -hmm. Being a Midwesterner or working out there, are there schools in the Midwest that Black families should be considering that maybe they don't? And again, I, I know it's a big, broad statement in terms of well, are there any Black people in the Midwest? Of course there are. I just don't associate <laughs> yeah. Iowa with black people, but that's ignorant because Harrison Barnes, who's a you know all-star basketball player, is from Iowa, so I'm mm -hmm. aware that 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 happens. But yeah. are there schools out there that you think are particularly well, black families, black student friendly? I you know, yeah. Thank you for shifting that for sh black families should be looking at because that I think I'm probably gotcha. not a person who should be who should be making that sort of a recommendation, but you know. I think another P we have to look at is place. I think yeah. place matters. Um, and part of it is looking not just at the community of students, but also the community of Absolutely. staff and faculty around them. You got a lot of colleges that do a great job recruiting diverse student populations, but when they get there, uh, the folks that are working there maybe don't share as much in common with them as their classmates do. Mm -hmm. And and I know that is a that's a more difficult shift for colleges to make, but a lot of them are working on that. But I think also looking at the community that the college is in, mm -hmm. the near community and the broader community, you know, what's the ethnic makeup like that? How comfortable are you going to a place where, you know, I look to Lawrence, for example, we grew substantially our students, of color, domestic students of color population. I think we were sub 10% 2005, 2006, um, by the time I left, and it wasn't because of me, it was an institutional effort. Mm -hmm. But by the time I left, we were approaching 30% uh, domestic mm -hmm. students of color. And that was by intention. And we were also on a hiring uh, binge to make sure that we were also providing the sort of environment. And you know, it's always slower than it needs to be, but providing the sort of environment you could. But you can't change the community that you're in. Mm -hmm. And Appleton is a lovely community. It is a significantly white community. Mm -hmm. Um, and Northeast Wisconsin is significantly white. 
And so we had, uh, I know we had, uh, Lawrence was partnered with Posse in New York. Mm. Um, a brave choice, uh, <laughs> not just for Lawrence, but also for the students, because mm -hmm. it, it's a big culture shift coming from a city like New York and going to Appleton. Um, and for some students, it was very, very, very difficult. Um, and for others, you know, they adapted a little bit more readily. But I look to larger places like St. Louis, for example, if you're talking about Midwestern cities, St. Louis, um, uh, Chicago, of course, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Milwaukee. I mean, I've got a hat tip my alma mm -hmm. mater, Marquette University, mm -hmm. um, Big East champions, Marquette University, also, <laughs> not just regular season, but also the tournament. Um, but looking in some of the larger urban centers too, um, you know, instant places like DePaul places like Loyola, um, uh, Jesuit educated guys. So I'm going to tip my, tip my hand and mention schools like that, but wash you, um, mm -hmm. places that are in larger cities may, may feel better, mm -hmm. may have more opportunities, may have more cultural outlets for students. I know that was one of the things we struggled with at Appleton, uh, in Appleton was, you know, students coming to campus, like, where can I get my hair done? We're going to mm -hmm. get my nails done. And it took us a while to figure out how to answer that question. Uh, going to Milwaukee to do that was not a viable answer. And so we had to, you know, <laughs> and finally Appleton, I think, caught up. Where can I go to eat? Where can I go to church? Um, right. You know, the, the, for some students, that was an important question. And, and so, you know, all of those things, I think, fit into that decision. No, that's huge. That's huge. And I'm a huge Shaka Smart fan. So go Marquette. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy we have him. Yeah, good, good, good dude. Good dude. Good dude. Tim, what else you got for for young Ken here? Because again, you know me, I'll keep talking. Young, young, young Ken, young Thank Ken, you, Ken, thank Ken. you so much. Yeah, and again, the, the the clean shaven, the fit body. I'm like, God, how can I be him when I grow up? Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And we'll just let everybody's imagination work because I know we're doing video, but thank goodness you're not going to be showing this to anybody. <laughs> hey, 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 so, 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 so we're just going to keep going off script. One of my fondest memories of reading at National Merit. With Ken is we you know we were never paired together you know no you know with the college the, guys yeah we're the college guys uh so you they paired you a, a high school and a college person so mm -hmm. you have a different perspective and so I would always enjoy midday take a break to walk by Ken Ken would have his shoes off he he'd have he'd have applications like fifty feet long spread out I uh -huh. mean the way he organized this was just impeccable. And just, just, it was just weird. Like... It was weird. <laughs> it was, but you had the shoes off part, right? Yeah. I mean, but yeah, but, but, but we got it done, but it was just, it was just like, it was just like, he had to get it set it up mm -hmm. had to look at it. I mm -hmm. need to see the big picture. Hey, when you've got I, a school, I, group... I, need, I need, I need to have this Zen, this Zen energy <laughs> because I want to choose the best kids. Uh-huh. Yeah. When you've got a school group with like 85 applications, you got to get a sense of the whole be, place. Be in your zone, Ken. Get, <laughs> but, get the right yeah. energy, the, the, the spray, the incense, whatever you got to do. But Tim, when we when we used to actually share an office, when there were two of us squeezed into an office, my poor partner would be like, because I'd take over the space and like, what the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> that, I, I don't know if I was the reason. I know, well, COVID also played into it. But when Tim we is one of one. Tim is one of one, and I, that, that's why I love him a little bit. We, we're going to keep this thing rolling. Um <laughs> So, Ken, yes, 2023, fall 2023 is going to be a big, lots of things happening in the college admissions yeah. world, mm -hmm. you know, and even leading into 2024, right? Because that's when decisions mm -hmm. would be made. So we're talking 
you know, Supreme Court decision, race consciousness. Yeah. We're talking uh, 80% of schools being uh, test optional. FAFSA, digital mm-hmm. ACT and SAT coming up. Mm-hmm. ACT just announced. Chat GBT and college essays. It seems like a lot mm-hmm. for one cycle, you know, mm-hmm. which is only going when nothing's going to change. Um, what are you thinking about what's on the horizon? Like, like, you know, are you feeling good about this? Are you being proactive? Just what is your sense of, our yeah. profession and the direction that that things are going. Wow, that's like five questions in there. Yeah, um, I, I made sure I, I came with a full plate. <laughs> Get your money's worth. The um, every year there's different factors. There's wrinkles in the process. I think this year there's some significant ones coming in. I think whatever the should I even say whatever the Supreme Court's going to decide. I think we know where that's going to go. Correct. Um, they threw a curveball. Yesterday, I saw that. I saw a that. curveball. Um, so who knows? Maybe they could. Maybe they could shift things. But um, and this will timestamp exactly when we're talking. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Right? It's intentional. Just so but, you know. okay. but but um, you know what changes in the FAFSA for the same at the same time. It's new. It's it's always new for students who are going through it for the first time. Mm. Right. There's there's a lot of extra. I don't want to call it noise, but complexity to the process. But at the same time, a lot of it doesn't change. Um, it's the, you're boiling it down to, to a student trying to assess which among the options that they have is going to, uh, help them get to where they want to go next. Um, I think, and this is the work that I'm sure you do, you know, try to do things like remove the, from the options. You know, I think we always focus on the singular, the one, the only, Mm -hmm. and there's many, right. But sort of like we were saying before, uh, it's making sure that students are finding places that are going to support not only who they are today, but who they might be becoming in a few years as they learn more about who they're going to be. Um, the people that they're going to be going to school with. I think we're still going to see people applying to all the usual suspects in even, even greater numbers, which, you know, partly for the prestige, partly for the network, partly for the program, partly for having full need met. Um, but And I think we'll continue to hear the stories of the students who were perfect matches for an institution who didn't get in. Meanwhile, you know, the average acceptance rate is, I don't know what NACAC is reporting now, but it's usually what, around 65%? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Except except for Emory. Hold on, excuse me. Yeah, exactly. But (laughs) but I think people look at Emory or they look at other places up, uh, you know, a little further northeast of you and think that that's the norm. And as much as we can do to disabuse people of the fact that it is easier to get into college than the world would like you to believe. No, it doesn't mean it's going to be easier to get into the hard colleges to get into, but there are options everywhere for everybody. Um, and it's coming back to those principles of a search that has maybe reach opportunities or whatever you want to call those, but also places that you're going to feel comfortable with whatever the final result is. Yeah. So, so I mean, that's- sticking, sticking to that. Um Focusing on what's not necessarily going to change. I take that. that so, that's good. That's good info. So that's a good segue into, you know, we, thank you for all your time. But like one of our final questions and, you know, you spending the majority of your life in the Midwest. One of the things I always say is we don't get as many students from the Midwest as we like. But I say there's so many great college universities in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. And lots of options. So uh, can you kind of highlight some schools in the Midwest that may be overlooked 
Uh, you know, obviously you have University of Chicago, WashU, University of sure. Michigan, the usual you know, suspects. But what yeah. are, what are some other? Yeah, the usual suspects. What are some other schools in the Midwest that maybe people should consider? Well, you can start yeah. with Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, I'll throw Lawrence in there. Of course, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, name name that place and shout out to all of my my friends who are still there. Um, one of the places that I am an unabashed fan of is Creighton University in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, a lot of people aren't thinking, yeah, I want to go to Omaha. I want to go to Nebraska. But Creighton, uh, you know, full disclosure, my daughter is about to be a senior there. Um, and it has been just a fantastic, fantastic experience for her. She's she's found her people, um, but they have one of the best student success operations I've, I've run into. You know, they know how to take care of students. They know how to keep them from falling through the cracks or catch them before they run to the cracks. It just that top notch. I'm, I'm a big believer in Creighton. Um, and don't sleep on Omaha. It's a surprisingly, it, it is like the Milwaukee of the Prairie, right? It feels a lot like Gabrielle so like, Union is from Omaha, Nebraska. And Dwayne Wade played basketball in Milwaukee. <laughs> Marquette. That's right. Yes. So all, it all comes back to, yeah, no, but, um, you know, so if you're looking at, if you, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge Creighton fan. Um, there are some wonderful small liberal arts colleges throughout the Midwest. You know, the ones that, you know, you see folks looking at Denison or they're looking at Canyon, right. but there are also wonderful places like Beloit college, Lawrence, of course, St. Olaf up in Northfield. Mm -hmm. Minnesota. Mm -hmm. um, St. Thomas is on the rise in the twin cities as well. So, you know, that that's my part of the, my part of the woods, but you know, the, the Midwest is, there are some wonderful, wonderful places out here and don't sleep on DePauw in Greencastle, Indiana. DePaul is a gem of a school. Do you consider All... Missouri Midwest? I do. do you, I do. What do, you, what do you think of the University of Missouri? Uh, you mean the other MU? The yeah, other MU. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I remember when I was at Marquette working in the admissions office, we would always be competing head to head for students at Mizzou, especially in communications and journalism right, right, uh, right, right. business. But, you know, and it was an exciting place to be different type of institution, but a very good school. Very right. good school. Interesting. I, I've been to Columbia. I visited it. And again, it was different than my East Coast mm -hmm. upbringing. Um, mm -hmm. And then when I saw a sign for Kansas, I was like, wow. I'm way out of my depth chart here. And all the cool schools I've ever visited, the Midwest has definitely been the ones that I've missed. Um, I never got invited on the Cal tour to see Lawrence and Beloit. Um, you got it. You, there is still, I mean, the Cal's tour is back. I'm here. I'm here. It I'm is. here. I mean, you know, you, you, you know, your people, you, your people have mm -hmm. money, people contact my people, make it work. Um, but no, we're, we're, we're appreciative, not just of your time, but of your perspective. Again, we, we were very intentional about wanting you to be a part of our podcast because again, Thank you. you've worked at a school, obviously an institution, you're working with schools now alongside them. You have this very, very, you know, uh, content rich podcast that you have a great audience that listens to you. So yes, we will shamelessly be plugging your name to people who listen to ours, but more importantly, cross promotion, cross promotion, cross promotion. Love For it. Sure. See, that's this English. This, your vocabulary kind of superlative. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but, but I think more than anything, my appreciation of, of, of what you've brought to us today is sharing how admissions works in different perspectives, whether it be mm. Slate, whether it's CRM, whether it's mm. RHB, whether it's you know experience from Lawrence, we're all kind of trying to figure this thing out. Even as we've been in it, you for 30 years, us for 20, 25 years, and it's always evolving. 
Yeah. It's always changing. It and, keeps and it, us young. It keeps us young, young Ken, but also it's so confusing or complex yeah. for, for families. And that's it is. disappointing to an extent. But yeah. I digress. Well, and that's why good people like you are helping to make it a little bit easier. But it's, you know, we have decades of experience. They have to learn quickly. <laughs> yes. Uh, they do. Six months, six months, 12 months. There you go. Yeah, you go. the cycle is so much quicker and shorter and the stakes feel so high. Yeah. Tim, uh, so, I so, really... So, go ahead, Tim. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. So, so those who haven't, you know, experienced uh, Ken's Out podcast... The leadership uh, pod, leadership. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I, please, please go subscribe, follow. It is a great listen. Uh, but one of the things that we had the privilege when we were on there, Ken asked a series of questions. So, Ken, I have a couple questions for you. Are yeah. you talking about the rapid descent? Yeah, the, the, yeah. the rapid descent. The right back fire. at you, buddy. You, you think you'll get off without that? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. No, you know. Hey, and I've noticed a couple of times you wanted to turn and become the host. Hey, Ken, no, just sit back. All right. Okay. We got you. We got you. All right. All right. All right, Ken. Uh, the the NBA Finals is currently on. If you had are in this baseball season, you had a walkout song. What's your walkout song? Ooh, okay. I thought you were going to ask me, is it going to be Heat or Nuggets? Because um, I got to go for the Heat. Uh, again, really? Jim, well, Jimmy Butler, Marquette guy, baby. I mean, Jimmy I mean, buckets, right? Jimmy buckets. buckets. He was great in college, but nobody saw this coming. Right, right. Nobody saw this. Anyway, okay. So, what would my walkout song be? And it depends on the day. Um, oh, I should know this. I should know this. Are you a baseball uh, guy, he, football he, guy, basketball uh, guy? Like, what? what what's your yeah, like let's say I'm a I'm a I'm a baseball I'm a I'm baseball's my sport, um, but I Brewers. love basketball. But I you're love a Brewers football. guy. I am a Brewers fan. So if I'm walking up to bat, um, I'm gonna go with Everlong Foo Fighters. Okay, okay, I like I've I've I've, I've listened to a few few five Foo Fighters albums. Okay, Everlong by Foo Fighters, fair enough. Okay, Tim, what's the next one? All right, you got uh walk up to the closest airport. In Appleton, I take it the international airport is Milwaukee. That's your closest international airport? Uh, no. Believe it or not, Appleton International Airport is a thing. And I live seven miles from it. Okay. Okay. You walk up to Appleton International Airport. Uh-huh. Any, any city on the board, which one are you going to? Well, Money you know, Milwaukee. it's a small it's a small airport, so I can only go to Chicago or Minneapolis. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Where am I going? Um, Tokyo. Tokyo. I'm going to Tokyo. Never been. And it's on my bucket list. Okay. 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 Got, got any okay. more, Tim? Yes. Because I, uh, I, no. I, I got one more, one more Brewer specific uh, you, 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 you could be the You could be the grand finale. Okay. Um, but, you know, uh, Midwest, a lot of great food. You mm-hmm. build the ultimate, ultimate menu. What's on it? Ooh. God, that's a great question. Okay. So ultimate menu of Midwestern food. I'm going to have to go to Kansas city and get some ribs, right? Go down and get some, get some good barbecue, maybe some, maybe some burnt ends on the side. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice slathered barbecue. It's got to be like on a metal tray too. You know, like <laughs> nothing, nothing, nothing fancy. Um, it's the Midwest. So it's probably going to have corn on the cob. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw that on the side. Um, beer. It's got to be beer. <laughs> it's got to be beer, right? It's the Midwest. 
21 um, and over radio podcast 21 and over that's podcast. right that's right that's right um if you're going to milwaukee and you really want to get the full experience though you're not just going to have ribs you're going to have a brat on the side with secret stadium sauce from miller park it's going to be and then you're going to get like a bucket of rollades because you're not going to feel very well um right. and top it all off with custard from uh cops in milwaukee it's magnificent it's okay. magnificent so I'm, I'm gonna finish you off with this mr brewer's guy all right bottom of the ninth mm-hmm. bases loaded mm-hmm. two routes world series oh, you got robin yount Paul Molitor or Christian Yellick? Who do you put up at the plate? I go with Robin Young. Over Molitor? Are you kidding me? It's a jump ball. Uh, Yellich is easy to take Yellich out. Yeah, take Yelich out. I was going to say broad. I was going to say brother Nazi. No, if it's 2018 Yellich, ooh, I'd go there. Um, but yeah, Yount, I can respect. I can respect Rob. Yount, I mean, Yount. Default to more hits over his career. Molly, though, man, he did. I think he did go five for five in his first game against the St. Louis Cardinals in 1982 when the Brewers lost, and that's the last time we were in the World Series. Not that I'm sore about it. No, no, I remember Cecil Cooper caught the caught the uh, the final out of the ALCS against Rod Carew, who was my favorite uh, player. I'll go back and forth with you all day. You are giving me goosebumps because Cecil, uh, he was one of my favorites. I actually batted. I was righty, but I tried to bat like Cecil. So I get way back. Who also had a stance kind of like Rod Carew. The two of them, a lot like each other. My father grew up with Rod Carew. When I went to the Hall of Fame and saw his plaque, I started to cry. Yes. I begged my son for years who's lefty to bat like Rod Carew. And all he wants to do is hit bombers like Bonds. I'm like, you're killing me. But anyway, yeah, uh, you you know how to pick so, them. So 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 now I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get y'all a, a, a date in Milwaukee. Y'all can go to Starbucks. Y'all can read books. Ooh. Y'all can y'all can write and then uh, end up end up at the Brewers game. Yeah, uh, I, mean, I mean, I'll take it. I've never been to Miller Park. Never, never it's been a great place to watch. It's a great place to watch baseball. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, awesome. I'm a big uh, Craig Council fan, so hopefully they do. Oh, that. yeah. Well, thank you. Good thank guy. you. Yeah. All oh. right. Well, well, Ken, we appreciate your 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 college admissions enrollment managed RHB Lawrence Academy intellect and then <laughs> little, alliterations help uh, the baseball. You know, throwing that in always makes me smile. Tim, what yeah. do you want to say as we as we part ways with this fine gentleman? Uh, we just thank you for your time. Thank you for the knowledge that you give to the academy, the industry, the great work that you do. But also, you know, extending us an invitation early on as we were kind of sharing our book to be on your podcast obviously you know that touched a lot of people and had a lot of reach so we want to thank you for that um but you know definitely we hope that you know your summer continues to go well we look forward to seeing you in baltimore yes indeed if if, if not before um and for those who don't have the book shereen i'm mad at you if if you don't have the book then get the book I don't know why I'm even addressing you anymore because the book has been out for almost a year. It is an an absolutely, uh, 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 what do they say? Um, Must have resource for the college admissions industry profession. So if you don't have the book, please get it. You can get it on Amazon. You can go to our website, understandingthechoices.com. But please share, subscribe, like this podcast because all we're trying to do is impact the people. So hopefully this helps you. Keep doing what you're doing. That, that, that's all that's all we're trying to do ken so thank you for your time sir Tim, thank I, you I, I, I bid you adieu all right we're out